as always, big thank you to Myra Green for our music, our composition, Passing Places. You can find out more about Myra Green and her music at myragreen.com or pop onto my own website, bonnytours.com, and follow the story from there. Hello and welcome to episode 47 of Passing Places. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. And if you're new to Passing Places, I say every week it's my personal diaries of my travels around Scotland, mainly by motorhome, but also by motorcycle, and with some hill walking thrown in for good measure. Well, this week you join me in the van. I'm on a campsite at a place called Drumshade Muir, which is a caravan and camping site just outside the small town of Kerry Muir in Angus. I'm on day five of a trip up the east coast from the East Duke of Fife, round up through the over the Tay Bridge, uh, past Dundee, and I'm now in Angus. If you've been on the Passing Places podcast group on Facebook, I posted a little poll. I know I'm coming up to my 50th episode in the next few weeks, and I was quite keen to find out what people think about the podcast and what sort of content they would like to hear in the weeks and months ahead. So the podcast is primarily a diary of my travels around Scotland and I asked people if they liked that type of format and I also asked on the Facebook poll did you like the sounds of Scotland? Would you like to hear more recordings out and about? You know, the sounds of steam trains or little streams or burns and birdsong, that type of thing. And I also asked people if they would like to hear more interviews, more voices on the podcast and were they okay with me giving shout-outs, some listener feedback, and a few other things. As you know, I cover astronomy from uh, various points of my travels, and I asked people if they minded the astronomy or if they enjoyed it. And I also talked about, did you really want to hear more information, tourist-type information, about where to visit and what to do when you're on your holidays around Scotland? And then perhaps something about motorhomes and motorhome information, about the whole process and the enjoyment of motorhomes and what sort of issues arise in terms of the various pieces of equipment and issues you might have to tackle when you're in a camper van or a motorhome. And then finally, I think I asked people about were they okay with my sort of grumpy moods at times when I off in a rant and talk about consumerism and politics and all sorts of things so I'd just like to say thank you to all the people that have replied so far I think there's been about 65 clicks on the various options and I'm also conscious that a lot of people don't use Facebook or the Facebook group so this is your chance you'll always have a chance to contact me and give me feedback but I would really appreciate in the next few weeks if you have a view about the type of content that you enjoy And just as importantly, if there are areas or ideas about Scotland that you would like to see covered that I haven't mentioned on the podcast or that you would like to see more emphasis on, just get in touch. And that will give me not only some sense of what works, but the incentive to cover these topics in future episodes. So thank you very much for all the time and effort people have taken to fill in the little survey so far. And please, as an individual listener, get in touch with Passing Places and I'll take your thoughts on board when I come to decide on content for the future shows. The final bit of uh, 
listener feedback or listener shout outs is the again back to the Facebook Passing Places podcast Facebook group a tremendous amount of people uh, we somehow started talking about benches in particular benches with a view benches in really stunning locations and good locations across Scotland and we've had a little run on benches photographs of benches and long may that continue I'm really pleased and uh, I keep having a good laugh at all these photographs of benches that are being posted on the Facebook group so keep them coming if you've got any photographs of a a well-placed bench somewhere in Scotland then let the group have a look at it so as I say you join me in the van I'm in this campsite just off the maybe a mile or two from the little town of Kirimur. But the trip started uh, five days ago, I think. I met up with my brother-in-law Dermot and Katie in their van, and we were on a little campsite just above London Bay in the East Nuke of Fife. And what a lovely little campsite it was. It's only an acre, and the owners were really, really friendly. Everything was really... Uh, top-notch in terms of being spick and span and well looked after. Uh, great toilet block and facilities and the owners were really, really friendly. It's called the Woodland Gardens. Woodland Gardens, I think, underscore co.uk. I'm sure if you type it into Google you'll find it quite readily. And it's located above the village of Lower Largo. So I've got a little bit of audio here, I'll let you hear it. It's yet again... Uh, myself sitting on a bench I can't get enough of finding little benches to sit and look at the view and watch the world go by so here we go Well you join me in a beautiful morning in the East Nuke of Fife it's about half past seven in the morning and I'm sitting up on the hillside looking down over London links and the little hamlets or villages of Lower and Upper Largo I'm staying at the Woodland Gardens Caravan and uh, Caravan Park and Camping Site. It's uh, independently owned by really friendly owners, beautifully maintained. Lots of little seating areas and the grass is neatly cut. Beautiful toilet and block and facilities on site. It's slightly unusual in the sense it's adult only. So that's uh, the attraction if you don't have children. It's maybe worth a try in terms of just that little bit quieter. Beautiful uh, location. A lot of people walk the Fife Coastal Path or visit the villages along this coastline. You've probably heard me refer to them before in the podcast. They're sometimes called the String of Pearls. Villages like Earl's Ferry and St Monans and Anstruther and Crail and Pitt and Weem. That's all in the wrong order by the way, but... Two years ago I was here and parked the car down at the beach at Lower Largo with a friend and walked for two days. Spent the first night at Pitt and Weem and then finished the walk at Crail and came back by public transport, the local bus service, on the third morning and picked the car up. So it's a fantastic walk, the Fife Coastal Path. And where I'm sitting looking down over the bay, I can as I say, it's a beautiful sunny morning and on my right at the I suppose the west, it's, we're on the north coast of the Firth of Forth, but I'm looking at what looks like a wind turbine fabrication yard, which I think is down at Methil, or Leaven, just to my right, and then out in the bay I can see tankers and uh, oil drilling platforms. 
all part of the, the North Sea development probably, and I can just see the south coast of the, the hills in the Firth through the mist. But it looks like it's going to be a beautiful, certainly morning, plenty of blue skies. And just behind the campsite is the, there's a small hill, I think it's just under a thousand feet, called Largo Law, which I think would be a nice little walk on a good day, you'd get even better views. And one of the bonuses if you're here for a walk, maybe especially if you've got a dog, is just outside the, the entrance to the, the campsite there's a public footpath. And the public footpath will take you 300 metres along to Keel's Den, which is a natural broadleaf woodland. It's now owned and managed by the Woodland Trust. But it looks like a really nice place for a walk. Lots of little paths have been put in. And as far as I know, down at the south side, down the hill there, there's disabled entrance and good level paths. So it's a great place to see the spring flowers, especially bluebells. And I believe there's deer and woodpeckers and all sorts of other flowers and things to see. So really handy for the campsite and a great location to explore the East Nuke of Fife. So it's been a, a good choice in many ways to as a little recce to try out. The weather hasn't been very good since we arrived here on Tuesday night. I rendezvoused with my sister Katie and Derma, her husband, and we've had two quiet nights really in the vans. It's, uh, it's a little pity we're leaving the East Nuke of Fife this morning because the weather's so nice. But we're at the moment thinking about top candidate for where we're heading is Kiri Muir, which is partly just how many days we've got left and the logistics of where we where we live and things. So we're heading over to Kiri Muir this afternoon, I think. Don't hold me to that because we might change our mind. But that's if there is a plan, that's the plan at the moment. But... Uh, I'm also conscious I'm sitting on a bench and in the Passing Places podcast group on Facebook we've had a, a run on benches and lots and lots of photographs of benches with views around Scotland so I might struggle to get a picture of this one because it's in against a small embankment and the view is all in front of the bench but uh, I'm doing what I like doing best which is sitting on a bench in the early morning looking out over the Firth of Forth, and the sun is coming up to my left, and it just looks lovely. You probably can hear the traffic noise, the main road along through the, the villages here is probably at least a mile, half a mile to a mile away, but in a quiet morning like today you can hear the traffic noise and some bird sounds. So I'll probably go off and get some breakfast shortly, and I'll join you with an update at some point soon. So it was a pity the weather wasn't kinder to us. We had one or two little spells of sunshine, but quite a bit of unsettled weather. And after a couple of days, we were thinking, shall we call it quits and head for home? And we decided instead that we would look to perhaps the, the top three or four uh, sites in terms of close closeness to the one we were on and we chose to come up to Kiri Muir in Angus which involved a, a, maybe an hour's drive around through St Andrews and up over the Tay Bridge through Dundee and onto the main road up to Aberdeen and a quick left for the little town of Kiri Muir 
and we've now been here for two nights already and we're staying for one further night and we've been into Kirimuir two or three times already for a wander around the village to do some shopping and this morning to get some breakfast so I was sitting on the another bench in the little town centre just a little market square on a bench and I thought I'd cover some of the story about Kerry Muir and I was approached by a local chap, an elderly guy who sat down on the bench and we started chatting and I've got a little bit of audio which I'll let you hear now and I didn't really want to uh, take away the spontaneity of the situation too much I just asked him would he mind if I recorded our conversation and he was very gracious and said that would be fine so I never really got a chance to test the audio or get the microphone off my lapel and place it properly between us but here's a little taster of me in Kerry Muir Well the sun is shining and you find me in the middle of the market square or the town centre in the little town of Kerry Muir in Angus it's uh, quite a pleasant Friday morning probably hear the traffic on the cobbles as they drive around the square. And I'm sitting just opposite the statue of G.M. Barry. He was born in Kerry Muir, I think in 1860, at the height of the textile trade. Kerry Muir was a centre for textile and I think at its peak there was something like 1,500 people working hand looms in the village, in the town, and another 500 or so in the surrounding area. And that uh, textile industry went back something like 100 years when uh, a local weaver discovered a, or invented a process of double-layered uh, linen and uh, the textile trade was a big part of the town's growth. The GM Barry is famous for, as a playwright and an author, he wrote Peter Pan, the boy who never grew up, and there's a little group of benches here in the centre of town with quotes from Peter Pan. It's a uh, in Scottish terms, quite a nice little town, lots of little uh, back streets and narrow alleyways, so quite a pleasant little town to visit. I'm sitting opposite a, an Italian ice cream shop called the Sockies, and on one of the benches there's an Italian family babbling away quite excitedly about their ice cream. Within Kerrymuir there's also a camera obscura, which was donated to the town by GM Barry but it's not open till July-August time and that might have been quite interesting to see what the views around the town and the surrounding area was like. Kerrymuir is a great place if you're into hill walking it's the sort of base for some of the Monroes and hills around here up in Glen Clover and the surrounding area and it's also famous for somewhere near Kerrymuir the chap Neil Monroe who invented the Monroe Tables for classification of Scotland's highest mountains. He was born near here too. So we're staying on a campsite just a mile or two outside Kerrymuir and it's been some good weather yesterday afternoon, some overnight rain and we've just come down to Kerrymuir to take advantage of the better weather this morning. It's a little bit noisy sitting here for recording with uh, the traffic 
but uh, you can just feel the town coming to life on a Friday morning. So I'm joined on the bench. What's your name? Robert. 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 And were you born in Kerrymuir? No, born in Forfar. I, I lived here. And how far from Kerrymuir? Five miles. Five miles? <laughs> <laughs> and I was saying Kerrymuir many years ago was a centre for textiles, is that? I was. I was. Forfar is going. That in and that in on the road. So still some textiles being... Aye, aye. Still some textiles being... They don't mind the and what do they actually make? Just the, the fabric? Or the do fabric, they... uh, I think they one time they used to use it for the military, kind of covers. Right. Uh, but, but, but that was foil, with two blades, but uh, I'm not sure I saw that yet. No, maybe it's not. So how many people work there now? Oh, I'm not sure, not much now, but it used to be. I'm not sure exactly how many, maybe a hundred, maybe, maybe less than that. And is it in decline, or? Well, no, it's getting busy here. Is it? Oh, that's what they say, picking up. So I say no, they're getting work. And what's the town like in the summertime? Do you get a lot of tourists, sir? Oh, aye, yeah, I think it's in the summertime. This is my just bit for tourists. Yeah. Aye, it's that. And the camera obscura, have you ever been in there? Uh, once. Is it any good? It's alright, you want to see the hills or anything. No bother, yeah. I thought, that's where Jade Barry had the first putting green over there. Putting green? Putting green, that's where he first started. Right. Then we moved to the golf course further down. Well, well, I thought it was that before my time. Mm-hmm. So about the 30s and 20s and all that. And how many people live in the town now, do you think? I'm not sure how many carry 5,000. Right. Maybe there. A lot of you folks moved up to up North Newway, a lot of you folks come around. Mm-hmm. And you houses built up. And yourself, where are you come from? I'm based in uh, Stirling. Oh, Stirling? Oh, uh, yeah, I, d- yeah. I do a fair bit of travelling around, so... So he was a great chap. Really nice to sit and talk to him for five or ten minutes. That's just a sample of what we chatted about. And one of the great things about Scotland, as I'm sure is true of most countries, is the the local accent and dialect changes as you travel around. And if you're... New to Scotland, that would probably be quite a challenge if you're used to the Sean Connery version of Scottish. So I really enjoyed my chat with Robert. And then finally, yesterday we went over to Lunan Bay, which is a spectacular beach on the east coast. And I think I've mentioned it. I was on Lunan Bay last year on one of the earlier episodes. And we thought we'd go over there, take a little chance in the weather. It was pretty overcast and showers but we thought we might just get uh, a little uh, 20 minutes half an hour on the beach at Lunan Bay and we headed over because Skid loves beaches and we had 10-15 minutes in torrential rain on the beach at Lunan Bay Join me down at Lunan Bay. I was here last year with Caitlin and we've just come down for something to do this afternoon and the rain is chucking it down so we're getting soaked on the beach with skid. But the beach is pretty deserted. A couple were coming off the beach as we came on but we're looking uh, a mile or so in either direction and it's just uh, 
my sister Katie, brother-in-law Dermot, Skid and I, the entire beach to ourselves, and we found a little rubber ball for Skid, so he's in his element, so we're having a great time. Just wish the rain would go off before all my camera recording equipment gets ruined. This is Scotland. Yesterday I got a little bit of sunburn sitting outside the van. Today I was sitting out in the sunshine in the morning at Kerry Muir. And now I'm standing getting absolutely soaked on the east coast at Lunan Bay. A fabulous beach. Some people say the best in Scotland, but everybody's got their own favourite. And uh, this one is uh, a huge expanse of sand and sand dunes. The beach runs right round the bay. Looks like uh, from one end to the other, maybe. Certainly maybe over a mile and a half, two miles of a uh, beautiful beach and of uh, skittering around with the ball so I think I'll have to switch the recording off, put the uh, equipment away as we're getting soaked but if you ever get a chance on the east coast, make the little detour down to Lunan Bay uh, for a fabulous beach I'll speak to you soon So even though the weather was really unkind to us, it was a great little trip over. Probably about 35-40 minutes from Kerry Muir. And we came back and this morning I got up with the, the plan to head to Skye. And long story short, we've all ended up staying another night. And my brother-in-law Dermot and my sister Katie are in the other van. They've got Skid over there. He's enjoying the company. And a little secret, they're just about to watch something called the Eurovision Song Contest. So I hope they're enjoying it. I think it's only on for three hours, so it's not exactly a, a an addictive sport. But it's not my cup of tea. But no doubt I'll get sucked into it. And we'll see who wins. If it's not Ireland, uh, we'll see who wins. So my plan is to go up early in the morning and make the long journey to the wonderful island of Skye. I've been following Glenn Moyer's journey, his his diary, both on Facebook and on his blog. You can find Glenn's story on his website, aglenninscotland.com. Now, Glenn was on the podcast a few weeks ago. We had a long interview and we're going to meet up. He's on his third week already in Scotland and he seems to be having a fantastic time. So I'm meeting up with Glenn on the island of Skye tomorrow evening we're both going to be at a live traditional folk music uh, gig in a local pub and I'm hoping I might get to stay overnight in the van outside the bar outside the pub and if not there's a campsite about a mile up the road so that's my plan for tomorrow probably a good six seven hour drive in the van and once I've had a chance to catch up with Glenn my only constraint is I need to be back down in the central belt by, I think, Friday afternoon. So I'll play it from there in terms of the weather and the hangover. And that's what I'm looking forward to tomorrow. It's a long, long, long drive in the van up to the west. <laughs> 